Whether it's audiobooks or all-time greatest hits, long live listening to your favorites. Learn more about Cascali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Cascali is right for you. Tuesday, it is the Wesson Walker Show Sports Radio 92.7 WFNZ. Keep those texts coming, 704-570-9610. And without any further ado, let's just get straight to it. It's time to talk some college football. It is time to go to the campus. Kona! All right, the Duke Blue Devils are 4-0. and They took out UConn rather easily this past Saturday, 41-7. Duke is 4-0, and and they did it the way that they always do it. They won the turnover battle for the 12th time under Coach Elko, Mike Elko, that is, and they're 10-2 and in those games. They've started their season with four consecutive 20-point wins making that the first time in program history that that's happened. After scoring four touchdowns against UConn, Duke has posted four-plus touchdowns in four straight games, and Duke held UConn to 203 yards of total offense, making it the third consecutive game in which the Blue Devils held their opponents to under 300 yards of offense. Duke's defense comes into this matchup with Notre Dame as a top 10 scoring defense in all of college football. They're giving up less than 10 points per game. Game day coming there for the first time ever. So, Duke has already had a little bit of practice having that Labor Day night game against Clemson, being the only game in town as far as the ACC is concerned. Them having a big matchup with a top 10 team coming in and being an underdog. So, Walker Mail, are the Duke Blue Devils ready for game day, ready for the Notre Dame Fighting Irish, fresh off the L from Ohio State? I don't know why they wouldn't be. They were ready for Clemson as soon as week one. Clemson struggled in the first half of their week two game. But I think even Clemson showed that maybe we were, I wouldn't I wouldn't say a little too hard on them, but they came out and they had a chance to beat Florida State that looked so good in their week one opener as well. So Duke beat a team in Clemson that still does have talent on it. And they were ready for all of the storylines heading in, right? Where it was, okay, this is a big old matchup. Wes Bryant is on our side. Everybody else thinks <laughs> Clemson is going to win. They were ready for it, and they performed defensively where even they had mistakes, and they won that game. Clemson helped them out too, but Duke did not even come close to playing a perfect football game. I think they're absolutely ready to take on this fighting Irish team, and they know a little about Sam Howe. He played in their backyard for quite some time, so it's not like they're playing this quarterback that they have zero idea on how he's going to play, what you know, kind of football, what what kind of football he's going to play, what his weaknesses are. Yeah, Duke's going to be ready to go. Yeah, I think so too. With 18 returning starters this year, we've talked about how this team is a grizzled veteran team. A lot of these guys have played a lot of snaps of football, and they've been waiting for moments like this. And I think they proved that in the Clemson game when they came out. Yeah, they had some. Uh, early mistakes that you would expect from a team in game number one. But this team was still ready to go. They felt like that that time was theirs as far as time for them to show people that they are for real. I think this is another opportunity for them, win or lose, where they're going to come out and show well. And I think that this team is certainly ready for moments like this. And I think this is what they've been building towards uh, with the type of season that they had last year and the start that they are on this year. So now turning the page to the North Carolina Tar Heels, 
they are undefeated as well. And one mark of a good team is when you take out the teams that you're supposed to. And so far, Carolina has done that. They have disposed of all of their early opponents. And even though they haven't played necessarily a ranked squad yet, or not even necessarily they have not played a ranked team yet, this team is doing what they're supposed to do, and that is beating the teams that are in front of them. Let's hear from Mac Brown what's been behind the 4-0 start for North Carolina that he talked about on the Kyle Bailey Show. Kyle, this is the best staff we've had overall together. They're working really, really well together, and we're, we're playing um, um, football that, that really fits each other. So we're, we're, we're playing complementary football, and, and that helps. We're running the ball more consistently. We're um, scoring touchdowns in the red zone. Uh, so we're, we're doing things that, that have been inconsistent for us in, in our past uh, four years. Uh, the other thing is we've got an older team. Uh, everybody but the cornerbacks on defense uh, have played a lot. And some of those cornerbacks have played some. They're not as, as experienced, but everybody else on defense has been out there for a couple of years and, and, and taken their hits. Yeah, and so I think that uh, you look at the North Carolina team right now and they beat Pittsburgh 41-24 to get to 4-0, and they just overwhelmed them with offense. Pitt came out on fire to start the game, but Carolina quickly put that fire out. And then you look at the game that they had. They had nine passing plays of over 15-plus yards, 228 yards gained on those plays uh, to be exact. And then in the running game, like Coach Brown talked about, they had four, quote-unquote, big plays rushing the football, gains of 10-plus yards. They had four of those for 63 yards. But the big thing has been defensively. And nobody thought Pitt was going to come in there and absolutely challenge North Carolina with the way their offense has looked with Phil Jakovic at the helm, but they still come out, only give up 307 yards, 197 passing yards, and 110 rushing yards that they gave up as well. And they played a disciplined football game, only three penalties for the Tar Heels to 11 for Pitt. So, Fitty, what do you think about the Heels so far, what Coach Brown had to say in this 4-0 start? I think the thing I like about it the most, Wes, is they've won all four games in all different ways. And they're, they're averaging winning their, their games by 14 points per game. That wasn't happening a year ago. You were struggling to beat mediocre to below average football teams. That's why I thought all year long at some point it was going to catch up with them. And it did losing at home to Georgia Tech and NC State. And so um, they haven't played their best game yet. They've won in different ways with, with Drake May having to throw the ball some days, having to run the ball. And I think in my lifetime as a Tar Heel football fan, this is the most I've believed that they could have a special type of season. There you go. Uh-oh. Some hope Sorry, from Fitty Josh. is back. Yep, after Fitty, which it's true. After a ton of football fans that cheer for North Carolina, it always, they always say Tar Heel football only exists to let you down. That's mm-hmm. how it goes. <laughs> 4-0, <laughs> it does seem like this one is a little more real. And it's because their defense is better. It, it doesn't mean that they're going to be a juggernaut to go against every single week. The bar is low, but you are, in my opinion, significantly better than what you were last year. Remember, even if they did give up all those yards to App State this past game against the Mountaineers, remember how much they gave up the first time or last year when they played them. And Drake May did have to score, you know, close to 60 in order to beat App State. Here, that defense, yes, Minnesota's offense isn't good, 
but you did the job that was necessary. You held them to 13 points. In this game against Pittsburgh, no, their offense, their quarterback, it's been awful so far. And you did the job holding them to, what was it, 21 that they scored? So they're not scoring a ton, and I think the defense is improved enough for you to feel good enough about this squad. And even the running game. Mac Brown told you they want to run the football a lot more. Drake May is sixth in total QBR this entire season, and he only averages 33 passes per game. There are a lot more air raid style offenses that are there to uh, maybe not exaggerate, but to enhance the stat, the stat profile for their quarterbacks. And you don't need to rely on the passing game nearly as much this season as you did last year. So complimentary football, we've been hearing it a lot. No matter what broadcast you watch, people love bringing up complimentary football. Carolina's starting to play it a little bit. Yeah, and so you look at it too, like Coach Brown said, he talked about their red zone success. They scored four times in the red zone versus Pitt. They scored 17 times and 19 drives in the red zone. 13 of those touchdowns and then the other four scores, field goals. So the Tar Heels are definitely capitalizing when they get their opportunities. And I think that that is the mark uh, of a good team. I know I picked them 6-6 and preseason, and we'll see as the competition starts to get tougher for them. But I do think the sign of a team that's at least pretty competent, they are beating the teams that are in front of them, and they have not had a letdown yet against a quote-unquote lesser team. Fiddy, you know what their next big test is, according to ESPN's best teams that are undefeated so far? There's some school from New York that plays football <laughs> in a dome with, with air condition. Yep, that's the one. I think they're supposed to come to town, but, I mean, they were struggling with the Army the other day. Mm-hmm. Like, I, I still hold true. They lose at home to Syracuse. Someone's ass better be fired. Who, who is that person, you think? Mag Brown? Should they just go ahead and get rid of the head coach? Uh, probably Gene Chizik, because okay. I think if they lose, they lose in a shootout. And then you look at the ACC as well, and they are looking pretty good. Six 4-0 teams, the most in a single season in ACC history, and they have the most undefeated teams in the FBS do the ACC. But there's going to be some big games uh, on the horizon for them. So now going over to the SEC quickly, and you look at South Carolina and what they've been doing this season. And Spencer Rattler's playing really good football. South Carolina, they're 2-2 two and two, uh, right now. Got a win on Saturday versus Mississippi State. But when you look at Rattler and the numbers that he's been putting up, he's having an awesome season so far. 74% completion, seven touchdowns to two interceptions. He's way ahead of the pace he was on last year. When you talk about numbers, uh, the lowest passing output he's had thus far is the 256 he put up at Georgia in a rain-soaked Sanford Stadium. Other than that, he's been 288 or better, including one game over 350 yards and the other 345. Is he like the best player in the worst position of any quarterback in the country, you feel like, when you're talking FBS football? Well, that's an awfully specific question. I have to imagine you think the answer to this question is yes. So I'll allow you to make the case as to why he is that guy that's in the worst situation playing the best football. Well, we just talked about the fact that coming into the year, all the holes that they had on the offensive line, I believe they had to replace four of five starters. No running game to speak of like that. And then you talk about... Uh, his skill guys on the outside, the number one receiver, Juice, uh, I forget what his last name, Juice Wells. Although I'm the one that called Sam Hartman Sam Howe, so yeah. maybe you double check that. <laughs> yeah, so I mean, but you know, he's putting up a lot of passing attempts on this team, even though he was a lot more efficient on Saturday as far as attempts, 18 for 20, so he didn't have to put the ball in the air that much, but just looking at what he's doing, the type of production he's getting, you would just like to think what could happen 
if he had a little bit more around him. Yeah, so we know that Spencer really got it going at the end of last season. 430 yards against Tennessee, 360 against Clemson, 246 was the low mark in the last three games. When if you look at 246 compared to every game before the last three weeks of the season, it would have been the second most amount of yards that he threw for. Now, in this year, you've seen him throw for 288, 256, 345, 353. That was a question mark for me about South Carolina. What Spencer Rattler were we going to get? Was he going to pick up where he left off last season? Or was he going to continue to be really inconsistent, dare I even say bad? I remember asking Gamecock fans at the end of last year, hey, Spencer Rattler announcing that he's coming back, would you have wanted him back had you not had the last three weeks and the bowl game? And I think most Gamecock fans were telling you no. They didn't want Spencer Rattler back if it wasn't for those last few outings. Now, you're welcoming him back with open arms because of the way that he's playing, despite the talent not holding up around him as much because of injuries and maybe just because the offensive line itself isn't very good. But real big hat tip to Spencer Rattler figuring it out and continuing on into this season. Yeah, and I think that's going to bode well for him when he goes to the next level because that's a lot what being a draft selection is, especially when a team is drafting a quarterback because I think right now the way he's looking, he looks like a guy that could be a second round the third round and maybe even play his way into the first round if this continues. Uh, you look at way, the way he's playing from an analytical standpoint. He's got an 85.7 offensive grade according to PFF. That's 37th out of 288 quarterbacks. So he's definitely doing uh, a lot with what he has and he doesn't have a heck of a whole lot 